going to take longer to get to that island than you think. You know, he's doing some consulting work, then went on vacation, you know, consulting with cloud clients, sending them emails each day, each month, saying what they spent on cloud over the past month and what he thinks they're going to spend. It was working fine until he came back from a vacation and his inbox was totally flooded. The thing broke and he realized then there was a massive need here. Launched a company officially in 2011. Now has 130 people helping you spend and, and really optimize your cloud spend more efficiently so you can handle more, especially uh, playing in a space that's obviously growing year over year aggressively. They control about 11 or they have about 11% of total spend that goes through AWS. It goes through cloudability, raised 32 million bucks in equity, obviously more than that when you put on Mez and, uh, and, uh, and venture debt, uh, 2Xing year over year, north of 20 million in ARR today, hoping to break 50 million next year over 100% net revenue retention annually as well. Healthy company. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Matt Ellis. He founded Cloudability in April 2011 and is its current CEO. Before the company, he held executive positions with four startups and key technology roles at Frito-Lay, Pepsi-Cola, and Goldman Sachs. He currently sits on the boards of Oregon Entrepreneurs Network and the Technology Association of Oregon. Originally from the UK and now residing in Portland, Matt is known as a mentor and advisor to startups across the US. Matt, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes. All right. So tell us about Cloudability. What do you guys do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? We make your cloud cheaper. And we do that by reporting on what you're doing and helping you to optimize it. If you think about a supply chain of materials and the materials of the cloud services, then we marshal those. We haven't made the best buying decisions every day. And we charge you uh, based broadly on the amount of money you're spending on the cloud. Okay, so you look at kind of cloud budget and you're taking some percentage of that. Um, not just a percentage, there's a bunch of other fees. It gets quite complicated now. We're dealing with very large enterprises, very large SaaS companies that are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on the cloud. So with some services and with some other fees. Okay. Is it, so, I mean, walk me through that, right? A complicated pricing model can be a good thing or a bad thing. It can mean you're not leaving any yeah. money on the table, but it can also be really hard to explain. How do you deal with that? Well, there are two modes for cloud uh, cost management. First mode is reporting. So on reporting, we charge you a percentage of the spending. And that works because generally you're growing your cloud um, deployment and we're helping you make sure you're not wasting any money. But in the second mode, you're optimizing it. So you've kind of moved to the cloud, you've got the hang of it. And now every day you want to take advantage of Moore's law, which means moving aggressively between the different products. Well, in that mode, uh, we're adding value. We're not just doing reporting. We're actually reducing your bill typically by 20 to 30% a year on a unit cost. Our bill personally cloudability in February was the same as it was in April 2015 for a business that's 11 times bigger. So in that mode, we have to charge you a bit more like regular software, and it's based on the kind of modules that you're using. Okay. Is, when you look at your financials, though, is it predictable kind of SaaS revenue, or does it get lumpy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we sign, we sign annual contracts, and generally put a package together for you based on whether you're just reporting or whether you're reporting and you're optimizing. I know you have a large kind of a delta between your cohorts of customers, enterprise, small business, et cetera. Yeah. But if I, yeah. if I, it's going to be a tough question for you, but we'll see if we can make it work. If I forced you into an average, I mean, are we talking a hundred grand typically, typical ACVs or where are you at generally? 
Um, typically, it's 100 to 250 grand ACP. It's our oh, sweet spot. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. So we're right on the money there. And then give us more of the backstory. So you launched it. Talk us, take us back to launch day and, and why decide to spend the rest of, you know, the next part of your life on ThoughtAbility. Well, I spent 10 years in big data. Um, I followed my wife out to Oregon, which is where she grew up. And I had no, no job. It's middle of the recession. And I had 10 ideas to go follow, all in big data. And two months in. <laughs> and what year was this? Two months in. This is 2010. Okay. Uh, two months in, uh, I'm in hospital. Two emergency surgeries. No healthcare because it's Obamacare. Uh, very large healthcare bills. And I needed to get back on my feet and get back to being liquid. I called around a few buddies who were moving to cloud. We've been doing two years of cloud in my last startup. Um, so I helped them move to the cloud. They all had problems with their spending. They complained all the time. I'd unwittingly helped their tech team get around all financial controls. And because there were three people I worked with before, when they called me up and asked for what they'd spent yesterday on the cloud, I couldn't charge them $400 for a billing analysis. And it was taking up a lot of my time. So I wrote Cloudability to get them off my back. And I sent a daily email with what they spent yesterday and what I thought they were going to spend for the month. That was great. A few months later, it broke. I was in Iceland at the time. That's pretty, if, you got a few, left, if you got a few months out of it, that's pretty damn good, actually, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few months of no phone calls. Everyone's happy. Yeah. And, and then I come back from Iceland and my voicemail's filled up. And my inbox is filled up. And people are threatening to see me. Because this thing's not working and they really need it. And that's when I sat down and thought, well, hang on, uh, what's going on here? And that's when I realized that a cloud is simply the maturation of technology. The way you made technology work before was you had smart people to make it just work. That Ubuntu server wasn't going to stay working unless it's someone to keep it working. Now you buy it from Google for eight cents an hour. Now the problem is not making it work, picking the right one. And that's a supply chain problem. And that's what we do. We see it. We're ERP for people with a, a supply chain of raw materials of cloud. It's filled very early days. So a lot of it is like with SCP in the early days, it's just reporting on what you're buying. But the more advanced users are using, not just to making choices, but getting down to a bill of materials for each individual customer, not an average, but an actual. And, what and, have you, pretty, and, yeah. and between 2011 and today, I mean, what have you scaled to in terms of total customers using you? We have 11% of Amazon's uh, revenue going through our system and, um, and uh, a fairly large amount of the other two big clouds going through our system too. So walk me through that metric. You said 11% of AWS going through your system? Yeah, so when Amazon say the um, revenue for Q1 is 5.6 billion, yep. we'll, we'll have about a billion dollars of that spending go through the system. So about half a billion dollars of revenue go through the system. Is that kind of how right. you measure your market share? It's amount of spend through your system? Yeah. yeah. And who are the two other big ones? Uh, Rackspace or? No, Google and Azure. Google and I got it. Got it. And what percentage of those do you have? I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. But is Amazon your biggest? Yes. Okay. Got Amazon's it. Amazon's the biggest in the market anyway. Okay. And I mean, can you give me a, an actual number on like the number of customers you're serving? Is it, no. is it, okay. Why don't you share that? Just a competitive thing? Yeah. Okay. But if you, if you're controlling 11% of that revenue, I imagine it's, it's not a, it's not a low ARPU high volume game. You're very much in the enterprise space. Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. similar to companies like Axio. We have a, you know, under a thousand customers, yep. but they're some of the biggest names in the world. Yep. That's right. What's your, pen I mean, do you measure penetration on like fortune 500 or anything like that? Yes, but again, it's a really competitive early market. We don't <laughs> who, who do you compete with, Matt? Who do you compete with? Uh, there's a company called Cloud Checker, Cloud Health out of Boston, and a company called Cloud Checker out of uh, Rochester. They both do kind of reporting and a more kind of um, tech ops, uh, single pane of glass, guy in a seat. We do data science on your infrastructure. It's, it's more for the, the cool kids and SaaS companies, but also the cheap kids who want to get a few points off their margin, airlines, supermarkets. Um, they're very big users of our product. So we call them big kids and cool kids internally. The big <laughs> kids are like really big companies, but are very focused on, on efficiency. Margin. 
really smart kids and the cool kids. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and nothing in between. You're either smart, you're, you're either smart or you're cool, right? Well, there's a lot of people who are early on cloud, and for them, a, a, a simple reporting tool is pretty straightforward. And also a tool that might be oriented towards a more DevOps way of thinking, where a human is picking from a list of a million options just for instances alone. Yeah, a human might have a religion that this particular one is good. We let the data do it. And that's the background we've got in our think tech team. We're all ex-big data. Some of us is ad tech. We just let the data do the talking. And so we have to be very accurate. We processed two exabytes of data last year. And to get these very accurate, we call it the true cost platform because we automate our recommendations. Our competitors put a human in between. And if you're kind of still dealing with treating your service like pets instead of like cattle, you kind of give them names, a bit of bell around their neck then that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Churn is obviously critical in a SaaS business. Tell me about your churn and how you think about it. Let's see, in a typical quarter, we may lose a customer. We lose very few customers. Our customers are on a five-year journey with us. And we have this. The is that, is that, hey, Matt, is that a legal journey? I mean, are they signing five-year contracts? Um, we wish they would, but <laughs> they just sign three-year contracts sometimes. And the first three customers who signed with us in 2012 are still customers with us today. Yeah. So is that code for you saying, you know, lifetime value is at least five years? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What people who do switch, it seems like there's very, very few of them. Why do they switch? Well, we went through a period, we grew the business 40 times in revenue um, early on. And we grew the revenue, um, 10, the, data, the data set size, 10 million fold. And we had a couple of years where we had to focus on scaling our platform instead of our features. That gave our competitors a chance to catch up. And we had a few feature gaps. So um, two, three years ago, we lost customers because of a continued problem to scale. You know, we, we had the biggest customers early on. Uh, we had the more complicated product. And we lost customers. We had one customer who le- left last year. They're making too much money to bother with it. That's so funny. But, you know, there are only a few spaces like that right now. And they're like, we just can't be bothered to do this. Sorry, we're not going to renew. Yeah. And um, we've, um, we've had customers churn because um, they went out of business uh, or got acquired and they don't want to focus on this now. Yep. But generally, they don't leave because of the product. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. But you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Look, if you're focused on enterprise and, and you have less than a thousand, I mean, there's a finite number of customers out there to go grab, which means at some point, more of your revenue growth is going to come from expansion revenue than it is going to be from adding new customers. Have you already crossed that threshold? It's about 50-50 right now. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're, you're crossing it as we speak. Um, yeah. Interesting. And net revenue retention annually, I, I assume you're well above 100%? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. North, oh, of two, yeah. north of 200? Um, it depends on the quarter. <laughs> <laughs> the cohort. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Occasionally, what we have is, like, uh, we have very, we've, we, every quarter, we have a few very large customers who are at, say, $5 million of annual spending. Yep. But in the next three years, we'll go over 100. You mean they're cloud spending, not they're spending with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so we look at the core driver of our business is our percentage share of your IT budget. 
and we can outsell more services or we can get your total spending to go down. Most people take the total spending and repurpose it for other technical activities, more product, faster performance, or more engineering. Interesting. And then, um, I mean, you give me a general sense of kind of where you're at today. Can you give me a sense of growth year over year? What are you seeing? We are doubling or more than doubling every year. Okay, that's great. That's great. And you think you'll do that this year as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, it, gets harder, year, it gets harder with big numbers. Yeah. We, we are um, breaking, every quarter we're breaking new logo records. That's great. So, so you, I mean, you are adding additional logos still at a fairly rapid pace, even though it's a finite. You remember that memo from Amazon when they did IPO in 97, day one, day two? Yeah, it's always day one. day one. Yeah. We're still on day one. Bootstrap? Until the next session. Have you bootstrapped out or have you raised capital? We've raised, we've spent nearly $60 million of our investors' money. Okay, got it. <laughs> I love how you say, I so appreciate how you phrase that. So I really do. So you've raised 60 million bucks, right? So we raised a mix of debt and equity, and uh, we've been fairly imaginative in how we do that. Okay. We've got but, very supportive investors. But just equity-wise, 60? 32 in equity. Oh, 32 equity. Okay, good. Well, some people are not familiar with the kind of leverage a CEO like yourself can create with debt, especially combined with equity. Can you kind of educate us on that a little bit for a second? Well, it's very sensitive and quite uh, a, a big differentiator for commercial. So I don't want to get too much into it. But there's a leverage limit to what the venture debt people will give you. And then you can generally get more debt from a mezzanine provider and you'll pay a higher, much higher rate of interest, maybe three or four times what you pay on the venture debt, but you can get even more leverage and there's less dilution for your next round. And basically, you're borrowing money this time against your next round. So you're, you're getting the money, your next valuation instead of your last valuation. I mean, when you look at like Lighter Capital, SaaS Capital, any of these venture debt guys, Silicon Valley Bank, Square One, I mean, a lot of them will put out term sheets somewhere between four and six X of your monthly recurring revenue is what they're comfortable doing in an initial deal. And what you're saying is you'll close something like that, but then on top of that, you'll go do a mez round. And those are both sitting on top of your last round of venture financing. Yes. Venture capital. Okay, smart. I love that. That's really smart. Um, okay, great. And then, um, can you give us a sense of size? I mean, have you guys broke 20 million in ARR at this point? Yep. Okay. When do you think you'll break 50 or a hundred? What's your next revenue goal? Well, we double, double, double. So sometime, uh, I think by the end of next year, we'll be over 50. Oh, okay, good. So you think next year you'll break the 50 mark. That's great. And what do you want to, what do you want to, I mean, this is, you could argue, you could plot the volume of kind of cloud spend over time and make an argument for the size of your market over time. Um, what do you want to do with the company over the, over, over, you know, many, many years? Is it something you take public, you stay private, you just keep getting more spend, you launch new products. What do you do? Many years ago, I saw video games and about 20 years later, I saw a, a visual, visual effect in a game on a PlayStation with my kids. Uh-huh. There was something I invented in the mid eighties. Very simple effect. You just close the screen like this. Yeah. And it gave me tremendous satisfaction that something I built in the 80s was still being used 20 years later. Um, the people who join Cloudability are about um, improving uh, the way that cloud affects technology and technology affects the world. Um, we, we are thinking about a capital structure that takes us through the next recession. We think that optimization is going to become mandatory, like virtualization did in the 02, 03, 04 recession. And we're looking forward to what will we continue to make compute more efficient. Um, with all that data we collect, we have got a mountain of data. Uh, we think that uh, once it becomes clear, the way the cloud is done is it serverless, is it containers, what mix of, of, of infrastructure to containers to, to pass and things, it happens. We think there's an opportunity to roll up the business and become like a broader compute platform. But if you're trying to do all things to all people today, you're going to lose in every vertical. You've got to win in one vertical and then combine the winning vertical, the winning solutions. And that happens when the industry matures. So in sometime in the next five years, it will mature. Uh, we would probably be an IPO. We can use our currency to 
combine or join a combined entity and go out there and just become something akin to a, a new version of Cisco or, or SAP. If Amazon wants to hit Microsoft or hit Google or Azure or, or Google wants to hit Amazon or Azure, it makes perfect sense to go buy a company like you, both as an aggressive tactic and a defensive one, because they're essentially controlling that kind of where that spend's going. How do, how, would you, how do you deal with these natural biases when you're recommending different products? Amazon has said in public that they uh, welcome companies like ours and our competitors because we're demonstrating to their customers that they're good value. They're a very customer-led business. And so it's very important that the advice we give our, our customers is seen as uh, Switzerland. And I don't think that can be done by an internal tool. So I think this is something, imagine if SAP were running your supply chain and telling you where to buy your steel and your, uh, your wheels, you'd be worried that they're, they're diverting your money to their best line yep. instead of yours, right? So I think it's hard that when your CFO's on your back saying, how do I know that your cloud is efficient? That is your cloud vendor telling you that you're efficient. Yep. Are, do you have any allegiance though to any of these providers or any of them investors or have any exposure as LPs and funds that have invested in you? No, but um, we are very uh, uh, close to them. And um, so we treat, um, we try and align uh, as best we can uh, because when we help their customers, we help them. And that's basically the, the way we work with them. Are you in any acquisition talks right now? No. No, that's great. Okay, last economics questions here before we wrap up with the famous five. Um, CAC, what are you spending to acquire new customers? I wouldn't tell you that in public. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask it. Let me ask it a different way. You might feel more comfortable sharing. Uh, yeah. Payback period. How quickly do you like to get your money back? Inside the first year. Okay, good. Um, when 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 you just look at upfront um, contract value, the thing that we're seeing is is that about seventy five percent of our upfront new, new logos are spending ahead of where they thought they were because we accelerate what they do. They do it better. They get more comfortable with it. Sometimes way ahead of it. So it's even quicker if you take it based on what we're actually seeing customers use their contract, then uh, it's actually getting ahead of that. Yeah, cash versus recognized revenue, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, 12-month payback, you said earlier, kind of average accounts between 100 and 200. I mean, it's fair to say you're willing to spend somewhere around 100 grand to bring these guys on, right? As long as the payback stays below 12 12 months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. And then last questions here on team. Uh, How many are on your team and where are you guys based? 130. Um, three quarters of us are based in Portland, Oregon. We have a great team in Boulder. And then the and rest where? In Boulder, Colorado. Oh, Colorado. And then the rest of us are smeared around the US and the world. About 15% of our staff are overseas right now. Oh, very good. All right, guys, uh, let's wrap up here, Matt, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, um, Leaders Eat Last. Leaders Eat Last. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, Luke Kinise, uh, former CEO at Puppet Labs. At which one? Puppet Labs. Puppet Labs. Okay, good. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool for growing the business? I don't have one. I use a lot of tools. They're all broken. Uh, <laughs> all right, number I, 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 must, I must give you a call out to Koan, K-O-A-N.co, uh, founded by the former co-founder at Jive, a really good tool for managing goals. Interesting. Okay, good. Koan.co. Good. Number four, how many hours do you sleep to get every night? Uh, five to six. Okay, that's so bad. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos. I assume you're still with your wife because you moved to Portland for Yeah, married with three kids. <laughs> three kiddos. And how old are you? I'm 46. 46. Last question, Matt. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, it's going to take way longer to buy that island than you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
<laughs> Guys, there you have it. It's going to take longer to get to that island than you think. You know, he's doing some consulting work, then went on vacation, you know, consulting with cloud clients, sending them emails each day, each month, saying what they spent on cloud over the past month and what he thinks they're going to spend. It was working fine until he came back from a vacation and his inbox was totally flooded. The thing broke and he realized then there was a massive need here. Launched a company officially in 2011. Now has 130 people helping you spend and, and really optimize your cloud spend more efficiently so you can handle more, especially uh, playing in a space that's obviously growing year over year aggressively. They control about 11 or they have about 11% of total spend that goes through AWS. It goes through cloudability. Raised 32 million bucks in equity. Obviously more than that when you put on Mez and uh, and uh, and venture debt. Uh, 2Xing year over year, north of 20 million in ARR today, hoping to break 50 million next year, over 100% net revenue retention annually as well. Healthy company. Matt, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you for having me.